Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. episode of Get Real Podcast, I have the powerhouse Jesse James Decker joining me. She may be tiny, but man, she is fierce. She is so incredible. She's built an empire. She and Eric Decker, her husband, who's a professional football player, retired now, had a show on E! called Game On that was hugely successful. Jesse's had such an awesome career as a musician. It's not your typical career that has followed get a record deal, have a single, have no ones. It's not that. It has been her own hybrid kind of career that she has made. She has huge loyal fans, a huge loyal fan base. And she is just so honest and real. She's written a number one best-selling cookbook. She has three kids. It's not a cookbook. It's a cookbook with lifestyle in it called Just Jesse. She just opened Kittenish, which is her clothing brand. It's taking off. Eric now works with the company after he retired from football. And she just talks about how she balances it all. Her upbringing, how she grew up not, she did not grow up in a fancy household with a lot of money. And she's made all this happen, how her mom has always believed in her, the power of positive thinking, always thinking that she can do it and that she's got this girl. That's what she says to herself. I'm telling you, she is so inspiring. She inspires me so much because not only is she just killing it as a businesswoman, she's also an incredible mom and wife. And I think that that is just so awesome to be able to do it all. And she's one of those Renaissance women women who are paving the way, just saying, listen, yeah, I'm a mom, I'm a wife, and I'm also a businesswoman, and I'm doing all of them awesome. And she is that. So here she is. Get ready to get inspired. Okay, I'm here with Jesse James Decker <laughs> in your warehouse. This is our office slash warehouse, but uh, yeah, this is the new Kittenish headquarters here. 
And Kidnish is just like, whoa, taking off. It's been so crazy and not what I, I did not expect it to like be like this. Everything you touch turns to gold though. So I am oh, not thank you. shocked. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> it does. I mean, your fans are crazy about you. They're awesome and they're good to me. And I continue to say this would not be happening if I didn't have them. Like they're the whole reason why everything happens. Did the fans come from the music? And the show, or was the show the platform that like pushed it over the edge, or where did all these like like crazy Jesse fans come from? Um, the show did everything. I had you know I had fans from coming out before. I had my record deal when I was nineteen. Um, I had an album come out. I had a gold record. Like I, I had you know I toured with Jonas Brothers. You know I, I did have some minor success from the music side, but I always knew that I needed to do a reality show in order for girls to really get to know me because I kind of struggled with that and I kind of touched on that in the book that I wrote where I was saying you know oh, I just Jesse my book yeah just Jesse and I I kind of touched on in there that I had a really hard time accumulating female fans um for whatever reason you know labels like to try to sexualize you a little bit and it just was not the right move and so I knew I needed to do a tv show so girls could get to know me and realize like, I'm just like one of their friends I'm just like one of the girls in your group that you go to dinner with and laugh all night with and be silly I'm just like that so I knew that I had to do that because you kind of had struggles growing up with girls and like being yes. bullied and stuff. Oh yeah. And what was that? What happened in your childhood? You know, I moved around a lot, and when you're the new kid, um, and you come into a new school where everyone's already got their groups and their friends, it's just bound to happen. It's inevitable. But I think the hard part was in one town in particular was just really a horrible situation for me. It was a town in Georgia. And I was there from sixth grade, seventh grade until my junior year. And, uh, you know, it really affected me and messed me. What would the me. girls do? Oh, my God. They would chase after me with scissors in between classes. I had hair down on my hips. or Would they cut your hair? They would try to cut my hair. They would be waiting in the parking lot to fight me. Like, they would. Did they actually punch you? Oh, yeah, I had gotten fights. I learned how to defend myself. <laughs> you got in fights? Oh, gosh, yes. I had to learn to, f- I had to, learn to defend myself. Um, you know, I remember being, they were trying to egg me at a, a pep rally. They, um, I mean, they would boo me anytime they announced my name from cheerleading the student body. Was it just a group of girls or was it like it a was, lot of Oh, girls? it was just tons of them. It was just constant. Are you kidding me? I remember being like a someone dumped a bucket of slop on me like it was like the movie Carrie where they dumped pig blood on her it was like a bucket of slop on me how did you even muster up the courage to go back to school every day it got to the point where I was wearing like hoodies and like hiding myself so no one could see me between classes and I would you know watch I would sit there and I would just watch the clock at the end of the day and just wait for it because I knew as soon as it hit you know, school is out, I would run. I would, like, haul ass to the parking lot. Because so you didn't could, want them to get So I could you. get to my car as fast as possible. Was it just because you were, like, the new girl and you're so beautiful? Do you think they were just jealous? I think it was just because I was in a new community. This was a very small town. And, like, everyone grew up together. Their moms grew up together. Some of their grandparents <clears> grew up together. It was just old town, old money. And I was just new and kind of out there and wore unique I wasn't you know decked out in Abercrombie and Fitch all the time and wore different things and wanted to be a singer and was very vocal about what I wanted to become one day and everyone thought it was weird and so you had your dreams dialed in from the beginning oh yeah I knew I wanted to be an entertainer from the very beginning and they're like who are you get out of here with your big dreams and yeah I think they just thought I was strange and weird and they thought like 
I was they always thought I was lying all the time because you know I would get to go do fun things through music and I would I had people to ask me where I was that weekend I'd say oh I, I went and did this or I was in California or Nashville they, they just always accused me of just making stuff up but oh it was tough it was really hard I will say and it totally affected me as an adult and made me have severe severe social anxiety so yeah tell me about your takeaway from all that like how did it affect your personality a good and bad yeah so I think that you know we're all born with who we are Mm -hmm. and I think naturally I was supposed to be a super outgoing person and See, I, I feel like you are super outgoing with you and, and with and there's I mean I have my moments I am naturally an outgoing person yeah. for sure but I have my moments where I get you know insecure and I've gotten better where I just you know I told this on Bobby's show Bobby Bones show oh I watched it that was a really great interview he's awesome it's and like oh thank you it's like I'm on the mic <laughs> you know we talked about it and learned a little bit. Because he was kind of similar. Yes, very similar. And he and I actually have more in common than, uh, than I think we thought. Um, I just always have this assumption when I go into a new place, especially back in the day that everyone in the room hated me. Well, because they did when you were in They did school. growing up. So I got so used to having my guard up that it almost made me come off. People would think I was just being stuck up or not nice or rude or not friendly. And even to this day, sometimes when people come up to me and excited, I get this wave of like, sometimes I get kind of shy or uncomfortable and I, and I hate that people assume that it's, I'm not being friendly or not being nice. It's just, you know, it's taken a lot of just growing up and maturing and realizing that's not the case. So when did you realize that wasn't the case, that you were in a safe place and now that people aren't scheming against you? Really, I feel like most people, especially in a place like Nashville, are so busy chasing dreams and doing their own thing. Like People don't even sometimes even know what's going on with other people. Coming to Nashville was super helpful, and I've always said this. It's like I became friends with the same girl in every town. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you were probably, what I mean is you were probably the girl in your town that had hopes and dreams and wanted to be, you know, a singer and entertainer. And just like my best friend, Jessica, Jess Southern was also the the same girl in her town. It's like all these girls from their small towns who had big dreams. We all kind of came and found each other and are all here and we're all here. So Nashville was safe. So true. Because every single one of my girlfriends was that girl in their town. Yes. Wanting to make it and be something different. Yes. And now, and we all came together. That's so true. And none of us wanted to be mean to each other because we knew what it was like. So everyone's so supportive of one another because we all knew what it was like. That is so true. Mm -hmm. And everyone here is a dreamer. Like actually Michael and I were talking about that last night. Yeah. How everyone here is so exceptional like especially in this music industry yeah uh, I mean everyone and I mean I feel like Nashville is an amazing town but people are really amazing people in this town and supportive and I don't feel like sometimes people say like LA is catty or whatever I don't really know I haven't had much experience with the LA crowd but I don't feel that at all in Nashville no no especially people I think it's also just a lot of us from the south yeah we're just not that way and if there is any of that then they're probably not from around here but we're all <laughs> very kind to each other and supportive and female empowerment and that is what I love and that's the way that it should be mm-hmm. and I think what I've taken away from growing up that way is I don't ever want to be around people like that and I don't want to be like that mm-hmm. we need to support each other because I know what it's like to not feel accepted and so, you know, I've 
have a team of women around me. You've met some of them here at Kitnish, all beautiful. and everyone's beautiful and sweet and kind-hearted and it's such a healthy environment to be in for me and even outside of Kitnish with all the other things I do. My agent is an incredible woman. Like I have incredible women around me and I'm just so lucky and I've taken away a lot of what I've learned from high school that that's not the way that the real world is and that's not the way that it should be. And uh, I think the negative was it made me super you know, anxious, but the positive is I learned from it and I know what way not to be. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, you know... Eric's been a big help too, for sure. He has. What he's is, such has he helped so, you? He's such a social butterfly. And he's so like, I don't feel like Eric has anxiety. No. Like he walks into a room and he's like, oh, I know I'm supposed to be here well, he was and cool not guy. worried about it. He was the cool guy in school. You know, he was the cool guy in school and in college. He was has all he like, ever had anxiety? No. No. <laughs> he doesn't. But he's also just very easygoing and he's a dude. You know, guys yeah. don't worry about the same stuff as much as girls do. But he helped me tremendously. He was a big help of... Anytime I would get into a room and have anxiety or not talk to anybody, sometimes at NFL functions, he'd be like, you got to get this out of your head. Like, give people a chance. You've got to give people an opportunity. You know, not everyone's going to be this way. And so that's great. He helped me a lot. So how do you do that when you when your natural instinct for your whole life is to walk into a room and feel so nervous and and shut down and shut down? How do you change that? I think it's just a mindset and I've gotten better at it because I still have those moments now. Like I said, when people will come up and I may not come off as friendly as I would like to and it's not because I don't want to be friendly. It's because that little girl inside of me gets nervous. Um, I really try to put it in my head and, and, and just remind myself like this is not the way things are supposed to be. High school is not you know an example of real life and you know, and I want to teach my daughter to have confidence and be secure with herself and, you know, realize people do like you and you have to give them the chance. And there's a lot of good. I know. I kind of did a lot of changing of my mentality, mm-hmm. um, maybe in my 20s, my late 20s, Yep. where I was like, okay, because I sort of felt that way too, like that people... I never really, I never really was bullied or anything or anything like that. But I was very insecure mm-hmm. and very um, much thought people didn't like me or they were talking about me or mm-hmm. I wasn't good enough yeah. or all that. And so I kind of tried to rewire my brain too. It's like, okay, assume that everyone likes you mm-hmm. until there's a until you know they don't. But then I'm like, I'm not going to give them a reason not to like me. Yeah. Because I don't want to be in drama and fights with people. And I don't want to talk crap about people. Of and course. So it's like I have to tell myself that too. It's like if that person doesn't like me just for me breathing air, mm-hmm. then they have like deeper issues they have already. Issues <laughs> and it's not you and it's not me. And I, I agree with that. I totally agree with that. And I think when you come into your 30s, and I don't know if you agree with this or not, you just, I feel like you just, you get a big wave of, I like myself so much more now than oh, I did then. I'm like, I feel so like I know, much more. I know myself more. I have a very strong-willed personality, as you know. Well, I that's am, why you have an empire. I am not good at the fake thing. <laughs> I am not good at the fake relationships. I, I, I like to keep it real. And, and even if it's not what someone likes, at least you know where I stand. I'm never going to not be honest. Yes. And so I feel like that's always been my theory. And it's been working for me. And I have a lot of incredible people in my life that uplift me because of that. And I know that you're the same way, Carolyn. I, you're more, you have more confidence than me. (laughs) 
because I still doubt myself a lot. Like well, you, you shouldn't. You will like decide you're doing something and then you are like on it, dead set. And I'll be like analyzing it to the nth degree. Like my mine's a self-worth issue thing. I'm like, oh, I don't know if I'm good enough to actually do that. You you're know? good enough to do everything. Where did you get your self-worth? It's from your mom, isn't Mama. it? My okay. mom has been telling me that I'm just the best since I was a little girl. And I'm like, there's times where I'm like, mama, you told me too much. <laughs> you got to tone it down. She's doing the same thing with Vivi and I'm doing the same thing. Vivi's, my mom is like, Vivi, you are perfect. You are a star. You shine. I'm like, mama, Well, you can tell down. that Vivi believes it because she is perfect and a star with that big personality already she has. She's so funny. She's so confident. But my, I think... You know, from my mom's childhood. And she, your mom didn't have it easy. No, my mom had it very, very What's hard. a little bit of her story? And then where'd she get I her confidence? Have, you should talk to her at some Actually point. should You really should. And hear a little bit about her background. And she just had her cookbook come out. And she, you she's should, killing it. She's killing it. But, you know, I think from my mother's childhood and what she went through, you know, my mom always says you learn things from your child of what to do and what not to do. And she, as far as like how she was, you know, raised and what she went through, you know, her daddy died and she was a little girl. She went through a lot. And I think that she took that. Was she close with her mom? Yes, of course. But, you know, it was, she was one out of five children. It was really hard. And her daddy died when she was a little girl and her mama was left to take care of them. And she was a nurse. It was really hard. So Mm -hmm. my mom, you should really talk to my mom sometime. Her child was very interesting. But I think my mom, whatever she went through, made her who she is as a as a parent now and how she raised us and so she instilled so much confidence in all three of us and any dreams we had and wanted she was like we're gonna make it happen are you serious oh my brother wants to be a ninja let's put him in karate like she really absolutely and so my mother was that because she always had wanted that for herself too so she wanted to give that that cheerleader for her and it's probably just hard with five kids and a single mom and yes and so i think she just wanted to make sure that all three of us had that confidence to do whatever we wanted and my mom has always been so incredible if you want if you see it you've got to see it to believe it to achieve it so she's been doing that from the beginning the visualization and the absolutely and so having her i'm everything and where I'm at is because of her. My mom is the reason and I will give her all the credit. Um, She's just an incredible person and she made me feel like I could do anything. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.
Hey, this is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. As a nostalgic voice from your past, I'm here to remind you that amongst the stressful and chaotic existence we live in 2024, you deserve to get away. It's time for a vacation, no matter when you're hearing this. And let me tell you how you'll get there. The 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe. Want to bring the family to the mountains with the Santa Fe's available H-Track all-wheel drive? Well, it's got standard third-row seating and available dual wireless charging pads for the kids who just want to stare at their phone and not talk to you. You know what I mean. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So your journey has been wild. So you knew from the beginning that you wanted to sing. How did you know? I just remember singing. I don't remember any other, I don't remember having any other dream. I remember being two years old with a little karaoke microphone, just singing and performing. I always wanted to perform. I would sing in front of our big family, Italian family and and ham it up. And I just knew I wanted to be a singer. And I remember for as early as I can telling my mom I wanted to perform and her helping me, you know, sing at fairs and festivals and talent shows and I just, I always knew. I remember writing lyrics in middle school in a journal and in high school and also designing clothes that I wanted to wear on stage. I just always knew. And now look at you, singing and designing clothes. Okay, but your singing road has not been one of, of like the easiest because you've had four major label record deals. <laughs> yes, I'm about to sign my fourth. <laughs> oh my, okay, well you're about to sign a record deal. I'm secret? about to sign another, yeah, I can't say anything else, but I'm about to sign another one. Well, you should because another. <laughs> you're selling out freaking like huge venues that artists who've had tons of hits can't even sell out. Talk to me about your journey of that because you started off wanting to be country, but then you signed like a, a deal in LA and they kind of made you pop and you really didn't, didn't want to be th- pop no i've never wanted to do pop i've always wanted to be a country singer always will this one be a country deal yes okay ish <laughs> um you can't be boxed in wait, well what's interesting is i have never been given the opportunity to sign to a nashville label ever nashville always said no to you i've never been offered a record deal still to this day by anyone in nashville and i've know- always been major pop deals by like incredible pop like you know, legend. Who have been some of your deals with? L.A. Reid has signed me twice. One to Epic. One to Island Def Jam. Mercury. I mean, Records. he's like the godfather of all music. I've been offered deals by you know Interscope Records. Uh, Justin Timberlake offered me my first record deal. I, they've always been pop. I've never been given an opportunity to have a major uh, country label. I just why, I'm and not why sure didn't why. you just dive into the pop world what was it that was fighting it in you because it just didn't feel natural to me you know i grew up in yodeling and and (laughs) and i'm a country artist even though i'm not like traditional traditional country you know i but i was in love with artists like faith hill and shania twain and you know i wanted to to be the next shania one day i wanted to be a crossover artist because it wasn't because i wanted to skip out on country i just wanted to bring country music to as many people in the world as possible because i love it so much so I've been, you know, I've been doing this for a really long time and there's many ways to skin a cat and there's many ways for a journey to happen and I've just kind of done it in my own non-traditional way. Very much. And I can truly say that I'm happy it's kind of happened this way because I've kind of paved my own path and like you said, I've never had a hit on the radio but I still am selling venues, huge venues of, of thousands of people and I pinch myself. I'm like, how, like, I feel so fortunate to be able to do this because all I want to do is perform for people and entertain them and give back you know 
So how did you get to the point where you felt at this place of peace with it? Because I know for a while, feeling rejected by Nashville was stressful. And then, you know, doing pop, you probably loved some aspects of it, but it didn't feel totally like you. So how did you navigate those years where you kind of felt like, okay, things are happening, but this isn't how I want them to happen and it's not going how it feels like it should for me. My mom, again, put things in perspective. And it was such a good point. Have you ever seen the movie Under the Tuscan Sun? Uh-huh. Do you remember when she's saying, Francis is saying in the movie. Is that Diane? Diane. I, I want I want a wedding here. I want to have a baby here. I want, you know, she wanted saying, naming all these things that she wants to happen. And at the end of the movie, the guy with the blue eyes, the Italian man comes and he says, you got everything you wanted just in a different way. Yes. Her friend had a baby at the house. And the kids that were working on her on her home got married at the house. Like, she got everything she wanted in just a different way. So my mom put that in perspective. It's makes me teary. Isn't it interesting, <laughs> yeah. though? She says to me, you always wanted to be an example to young girls. You always wanted to be, you know spread confidence and and make these women feel you know beautiful and you wanted to sell out shows and you wanted to she just named all these things find true love all these things that i hoped and dreamt of they just happened in a unique interesting way and i have finally you're right it used to stress me out and i used to cry over this all the time like why why doesn't this happen this way why aren't why don't I get to go to the awards and win Best New Artist? Why don't I get to be on the radio and hear my song? Well, I am finally at a point, I can truly say over the last year, where I am so happy and grateful and feel so at peace with the way my journey has taken me, and I wouldn't change anything about it. I'm so happy. I have incredible women around me, and I have the most amazing fans, and I have a beautiful family, and I'm so happy. It's like I'm grateful, and... I feel like it would be wrong to be want anything else. Like this is, you know, I'm so happy. So how did you deal with rejection though when you were in the big middle of it? Yeah. Especially for girls who are like in their 20s, maybe feeling lost, maybe feeling like where am I supposed to go? Like this is not, nothing's working out. Even though it is, it's all about perception. Everything's about perception. Um, I think, you know, I definitely had these moments where I was just so just devastated that, no one would sign me here or I couldn't get the right team or I, I did feel rejected and it was really hard for a while there um, to just not feel wanted, you know, and those feelings of feeling not wanted in high school. Does it trigger? Triggered it. And so that was, it was hard to feel so unwanted in school growing up and to feel so disliked to then have it sort of happen in a different way through not being offered deals and being turned down by everybody, it just made those feelings come back. Of gosh. it's kind of the same scenario because it's like you're not you're just being yourself, showing up, and people are not and people just aren't, don't want it. Don't want it. Absolutely. And it, I started to focus. Stop. Fo- I think it was a moment where I was like, I'm going to stop focusing on the people that don't want me because they don't deserve my energy. And yes. I'm going to start focusing on the people around me who do accept me and do appreciate. And I'm putting my energy into those people because they deserve it. These people over here that don't like me or don't want me. And they don't get they it. They don't deserve me. Yeah. They don't know what they're missing. And that's the attitude that everyone should have. Stop focusing on the, on the negative of the people that don't like you. That's not in your control. 
you know, they don't deserve your energy. Yeah. The people that accept you and love you, put your energy towards those people. And I'm telling you, good things will happen. The universe will turn it around. And that is what's happened. When did you have your moment of, I'm happy, like I'm at peace, like everything is amazing? As soon as Forrest was born. Your third little baby, third bundle baby, of joy. He, oh my gosh, I just remember feeling so happy. I don't know what it was. It, it wasn't just because I had a new baby. Because Do you love having new babies? I love, oh my God, there's just, you just wait for it. It's the Even most though thing. you're exhausted and it's terrifying? The first one was terrifying and exhausting, but it's like by the third, you know what's up. You know what to <laughs> really? expect. Oh my God, my first delivery was so traumatic and I had really bad postpartum depression after. I mean, I struggled. Second one, I had a, 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 I still had some postpartum, not as bad. Third, didn't have an ounce of postpartum. Why do you think you didn't have any? I think the hormones, as my mom says, the hormones, the hormones just kind of worked themselves out. It's a real thing. You know, your hormones can go wacko and mine totally did. I struggled and my delivery was very dramatic. I Why? just, it just didn't go to plan. I was in labor for 14 hours and throwing up in between contractions. Epidural didn't work. So I'm in labor. You know, I, I was in severe pain. I was pretty much faint just kind of becoming faint where I like was I was falling asleep through the pain and then Vivi uh we had to have an emergency c-section she was stuck in the birth canal oh and like her heart rate was dropping everything was just going bad and they had to strap my arms to my side and I remember crying (laughs) it was horrible and I remember being half asleep and I like was laying there just not knowing what was going on and they wouldn't let me hold her after because they thought I was too crazy and out of it and delirious. <laughs> and I'm screaming at the anesthesiologist to let me hold my baby and let go of my hands. And it was really Ugh. terrible. And I had to go to the recovery room because it, I was so mad. I was just so out of it. She and I went through it. But, you know, and I think I'd had this whole vision of how my delivery was supposed mm. to go. And I kept focusing on that because I thought I was going to push and have her come out on my belly and this whole thing. And my baby was taken away from me. And it kind of prepared me for the second because Bubby was also taken away from me right after because he wasn't breathing. So we had to go to the NICU for a few days. Um, so that was tough. But by the third... I was like a pro at this and it could not have gone smoother. Really? It was, oh my God. It was so, I still had to have a C-section because I grow nine pound babies and I'm a That's tiny person. saying that you could fit a nine pound baby in your belly. Agreed. But I remember it was such, does Eric not know we're in here doing this? <laughs> hey, he's just this, banging away in the worry, office. Don't worry. It's just real life. It's called Get it Real. Is, I know. He's so good. Look how cute he is. So oh, hot. Mm. He's so hot. So hot. So what do you do just looking at that hot piece of man every day I just grab him all day long i mean y'all are very sexual i i just want him all the time <laughs> i totally do i always want him can you have time for oh yeah adult activities oh, yeah. with all the things you have going for on sure oh, i feel yeah. like that's a big priority for you guys oh we just i think we're just so into each other we just i don't know <laughs> anyway back to my delivery but just how you got babies that's how i make the babies <laughs> is with him um the third was really special he came out, he was, he did need a little bit of the breathing treatment, but he was only a week early with nine pounds. And I remember thinking they were going to take him away because every time they'd taken a baby away from me and that was hard and I was expecting them and they wrapped him up and they put him in my arms in the C-section room. And I looked at the nurse and I go, I get to keep him. 
She was like, yeah, he's fine. I remember being like, oh my God, I get to hold my baby. So he was wrapped in my arms. They opened the surgery door and they brought me, no recovery room, straight back to my room. No way. And I remember just tearing up thinking I get to keep him, hold my baby. And within 15 minutes, he was nursing perfectly, no issues. And I just looked at him and I was like, we got this. (laughs) Like we, we got this. We were pros. He nursed like a pro. It was just... I think at that moment, I was like, oh, my God, I just love being a mom. This you is do? like, oh, my God. What do you love about it the it's most? It's my favorite thing that I do in this world. It's the reason I'm on this earth is to be a mother. Which is crazy because you also have a lot of other reasons that you're on this earth that are very big. For sure, but it's my favorite out of all of it. Tell I, me what you love about being a mother. I just... How's it changed you, too? I think it's made me a better person. It's made me a selfless person. You know, we're all young and... So we can be little about ourselves and yeah. that's okay. We learn from it, but I, it's, everything is about them. Every time I have an eyelash or blow out a candle, it's my wishes for them. It's always for them. I just, all I want is for them to be healthy and happy. And they are, they're just my purpose. They, they make me who I am. And I don't know you, when, once you have these, your baby, you'll look at them and realize everything you do is for them. And there are these people that you created out of love. You truly made these babies out of love. And I can't, it's just something you can't explain. But I wake up, I woke up to Vivi. She crawled in our bed and kicked Eric out, which is what she does. <laughs> and I woke up to her and her face in my face and her opened her eyes going, I love you, mommy. Oh, and she just, I just, uh, she does it all the time and she'll rub my face. God, and this makes me all emotional. It's, it's special though. There's, there's just nothing like it. And I say this to Eric all the time. Every, all of this could go away. And as long as I have my babies, I don't care. So that's all that matters. All this stuff is so much fun and powerful. And it makes me a good mother because I love working and I love being a businesswoman and it gives me the confidence in it. And I'm making all these dreams come true, but I feel like because I, I become being a mother makes me better at all the things that I do. How do you find balance with three kids? Because I put kittenish. I put them first. How do you do like touring, kittenish, and have a strong marriage and have three kids? Like how do you just like I'm talking about day to hours in the day? Like how do you make that happen? I feel like Eric and I just prioritize, and, and he loves being a dad. He loves being dad. He's the best dad ever. We we just prioritize, you know, our family is first. Our kids are first, you know, and we do everything together. And I'm not saying that every family is like that because Eric and I are also fortunate that our jobs, he's retired now, so he can, we can do everything together. Yeah. I know that what real life is like. I know it's tough. I grew up with it. You know, when your parents have a, couples have a nine to five job and there isn't time and you come home and you're exhausted, but you still have to take care of the kids and make dinner and get up early. I, I know, and I've seen it. So I've seen both sides and I get it. So I think that's why it makes Eric and I both so grateful that we're fortunate enough. Cause we've seen that side of, of, of life where it just gets real. But I think why Eric and I work out so well is we started out just us together and our foundation was so strong. We not only loved each other so much, we liked each other mm-hmm. and we we just started out so strong and I think that foundation was really important because once you have kids, things get serious and it'll test you because you know you're exhausted and 
you know, there's three people you're looking after. There's moments where we're like, oh my God, we're going to lose our heads because we're <laughs> just so, these kids are making us crazy. But that's where one of us will, will take the reins and I'll say, Eric, go to our room and just take a little break and I'll take over or vice versa. Or he'll say, let me have them. You go take a moment to yourself. And it's just that being courteous of one another and understanding and we're a team, you know, it's all about a team. Mm-hmm. We're never against each other. We're always with each other. And that's, that's our, our main thing is we are a team together and we are in this together. There's no wrong, right. So y'all don't keep score. No, I think because if he loses, you then lose. I lose. We should always win together. And what do you do when you're frustrated with him? We just communicate. So if you have a frustration, do you just express it? Absolutely. Right you then know, and talk there. Talk it out. Right then and there. Yeah. Right then and there. Like, he, you know, if I made up a mess or something, I pick it up. He'll be like, babe, can you next time please, like, clean this up? And instead of being, like, Instead of huffing and puffing and or mad. getting mad. Yeah, and I just go, I'm sorry. You're right. We always say we're sorry if we're upset about something. That's we nip great. it in the bud. We, we're not prideful. He and I are just not prideful like that with each other. And So you never let it build up to, like, no. a massive. I can tell you now, and people won't believe this, we have never had a big fight. Just really never no because we talk about it we just get through right there we communicate with each other you have to just communicate so it doesn't build up who wants to fight we don't want to fool with all that we got no. more important things to do than have a battle of who's right and who's wrong all that's silly to us and you guys both prioritize each other so no one ever feels neglected or not valued by the other it seems like absolutely because i think if you feel valued by your spouse then you don't have to put up a big fight to try to get that value or to get that attention or get that, you know, respect that you're looking for. Cause you automatically, y'all just give it to each other. We do. And if you have to, you know, fight and do all that to get attention, then you should really reevaluate your situation. Cause it shouldn't go there. What happens if you have like kids and stuff and you're in that situation? What would you suggest? Oh man. You know, I just feel like you really have to think about your kids. What do you want them watching? What do you mm-hmm. want them being influenced by? What do you want them to see? Because in our house, they see love and they see happiness. And they've never seen us have an issue or, or bicker or fight because we don't do that around them and we don't fight. But if we have a moment, we go talk about it somewhere else because we don't need our kids feeling stressed out by that. So I think in a marriage, if you're having continuous issues and you're fighting in front of your kids, you I would seek counseling mm-hmm. and really try to find a better way to communicate with one another because your kids don't need to see that because then they will, you know, That's mirror that mirror. and then they will do that when they grow up and you don't want that. No. I, I had a really great scenario where I saw what not to do. And then when my mom remarried and married my dad, Steve, um, I learned what to do. Because he's just a prince. They're so in love. And that's the thing. How sad to miss out on love. Yeah, and I and you shouldn't. My mom was brave, but she found her soulmate, and they are soulmates. They are so in love. They've been together for almost 20 years. They're still, like, making out. Oh, they're, <laughs> it's, it's, it's intense. But they love each other, and I can truly say, because of that marriage... Me, my sister, and my brother are all in healthy, happy, loving marriages. Really? John and Allie are getting married, but they're perfect for each other. And Sydney and Anthony are perfect for each other. We all just, our standards were so high. And we wanted that love that we witnessed. And so it was a healthy thing. So that's why I say to people, if you're in a relationship where you're fighting and bickering and your kids are watching that, don't... You don't want them to have that growing up. You want them to be in love and be happy. So set the example. And if it's not right, then it's not right. Mm-hmm. That's really, I mean, your mom is insane. She's a rock star. She is. She needs her own show. 
<laughs> I know. She needs like her own like love advice show. I've learned so much from my mother. Even to this day, if there's something that I'm just, I call her for advice for everything. Is she the one who always tells you the truth? Always. Will she tell you the hard truth? Oh, absolutely. But I also think, like you said, it's just perspective. She always puts things in perspective in mm-hmm. a way that I can really think about it. If you had to describe a motto for who you are, what would it be? Like, what would your one little phrase be about you? Well-behaved women rarely make history. (laughs) (laughs) I just always liked that when I was a little kid. And I, uh, you know, I think sometimes you got to break some rules, you know, to to break records, you know, to to break the to break the mold. Sometimes you just got to switch things up. Now I'm not going to say I'm like run from the law or anything, but <laughs> I just think sometimes you can't be boxed in. Yeah. And I am one of those that have done things my own way and I'm not going to be boxed in and, and it's worked for and you. And it's working and I ain't done yet. You're I feel like you're just getting started. I am just getting started. I have a whole plan of I need dry shampoo. This is greasy. <laughs> it's so greasy. I have a whole plan and a whole vision of what I want to do and I am just getting started. This is just the beginning. You know what I find very inspiring about you is a lot of things. But I love that having kids and being happily married has done nothing but speed you up. It has. Because I feel it actually makes me teary because I feel like you are kind of changing that mold where a lot of women feel like their life is over when they have kids or get married and they feel like they can't chase their dreams or they feel like they have to stay home or their husband is the total breadwinner and they have to just sort of be the housewife. And that's sort of outdated, but you're part of that uh, huge movement that is changing that. Absolutely. And I feel like I I am switching things up and women today are doing that. But I'm able to do it while still having those traditional values. Which is amazing because you're not sacrificing on no, any of it. No, I still come home and make dinner every night for my family and bring my, my husband his dinner <laughs> to, to the table. And we say our grace. And, you know, I still have those traditional Southern values. But I am the one working now. You know, I am I'm the one with the job now. And... You know, so you kind of traded. We've kind of traded, and he's helping me just like I supported him through his entire eight years in the NFL and was his you know, right-hand woman. He's now my right-hand man, and he, you saw him in here today. He's putting things together, and you know, he's very much engraved in Kittenish now and handling a lot of the business side. Does and he like doing all the business he stuff? So he went. He got his master's degree in business management, so he is, this is his bread and butter. He's, so this is kind of an awesome second phase for him. He is loving every minute of it. He's doing other things like investment properties and businesses. <laughs> and stuff but he this kind of it just kind of naturally happened I needed a little help and he is so you know deep in this now and is involved I mean he's he's a part of the company now and how is it working together it's awesome it is it's so fun yeah because we get to be together all day and we share the same passion now and I think he sees how much Kittenish has grown that he's like, let's do this. This is serious. We well, need, he's got like, that athlete, let's win the Super Bowl mentality. Absolutely. And it's not even like, it's not like, a, this is not a hobby anymore. This yeah. is like a business. This that is a is business booming. that is growing. And we, uh, this is very serious to him now. And so he wants, to, so help. He wants to help us just get there. And to have his like laser focus and the build, like an athlete. I mean, who gets stuff done more than a professional athlete? Oh, I, I know. The work ethic <laughs> the is work crazy. Ethic. He's up at 6 a.m. and ready to go. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's amazing. It's crazy. It's awesome though. So at this point in your life, does anything still make you feel vulnerable? Oh, um, let me think about that. I think just kind of going back to, I still feel very vulnerable, you know, when I'm entering a room and there's a lot of people. I still feel vulnerable when I walk on stage, even though I seem like the most confident person. I still feel vulnerable when I'm in a party in a crowd of people, you know. I'll always probably have some of that social anxiety that I'll have to continue to work through every single day, but it's getting better. But I would say that is still probably the thing that makes me feel most vulnerable is being in kind of a that environment that you know really affected me but it's getting better and we all have our thing and um you know i'm i still work on it every day is your self-talk what does your self-talk look like because i have done a lot of research about my self-talk and i like to ask people about theirs because i didn't realize for the longest time i had really negative self-talk like i just like defeated self-talk I didn't feel like I was good enough. I would always like talk down to myself in my head. And I feel like you probably have really good self-talk. Like what is the voice in your head telling you the most? You got this. So your self-talk is good. I'm always telling myself, you got this. You got this, Jess. Or I hear, or I hear my mother saying it in my head. You got this, girl. Like you got it. So you always are empowering yourself. I'm always empowering myself so that I don't let the negativity enter. I have gotten really good at I call it brain blocking. Like anything negative coming, any crazy thoughts, anything, I like block it immediately and start thinking of something else. And do you just like put an iron curtain down? I do. I just shut it down because I used to sit there and just dwell and overthink things. How do you make those thoughts go away? What if they're a strong thought that's coming, a strong negative thought? Like it's like coming on like a tornado. I truly try to distract. I just, I'll think of anything else. I'll start singing a song. I just shut it down immediately because it's just, it's such a negative thing thing and I used to just sit there and let it just simmer in my brain and I don't do that anymore I shut it I I truly shut it down I don't have a really a way to explain it except just through age and not wanting to feel that stress or anxiety from negative thoughts it's all fake anyway I don't want to feel that way so let's just get rid of it what about fear like because I have a lot of fear with my unborn child already like I'll have a lot of like paralyzing fearful thoughts that come to me that'll always be that way how do you I'm here to tell you that won't go away how do you move through fearful thoughts I'm always afraid of anything happening to my kids always and you that will never go away what if you get what if you hear about something or you feel like your kids could have gotten like exposed to like a sickness or something like my big thing was Zika for a while I was just like so paranoid about Zika that it was like crippling because I was scared it was gonna affect the baby because Michael went to the Dominican Republic. I know it sounds crazy, but like I shut down any outlet that it can cause that fear. How do you shut? I turned to, I don't look at Twitter anymore. I don't even have the app on my phone. I shut down any news outlet that comes. I don't look at the news. I don't get anything. And maybe I don't know a lot what's going on in the world, but it's better for my mental health. Think about back in the day when people didn't have social media and access to this thing. They were living in a lot, a little bit more of a hopefully a happier world yeah. you know i don't need to see all the negativity because all the news is negative it so is. i don't want to look at it i don't need to hear about it i don't i'm not going to get into it i am going to focus on my family and my situation and if i do hear about a negative story all i can say is you learn from someone else's you know whatever happened with them and try to you know hopefully it was a lesson or i'm trying to think of the right way to say it if I ever hear of it, like a scary story, like someone getting Zika or something, it's like, or okay. Say you hear like a tragedy that A happens. tragedy, then I'm just like, you know, 
my first thought is how can I help in my mind? And the second thought is, you know, that tragedy is now going to help others to learn from it, to help hopefully prevent. So that's the only positive way that I can think of it. You know? And you don't let it creep in? I try not to. I mean, sometimes it'll weigh on me, but I, I try really hard to not let it creep in because all it will do is just fill me with anxiety and stress. And, I, it's and you just, can't enjoy your and family. And then I can't enjoy my life. family and my life, you know, so... Gosh, Jesse, oh, that should be your next book. All about like self empowerment, like thoughts. I would love to do something like that. Yeah. I do have a cookbook coming out. Oh, you do? I was just, just on a call has for some cookbook. It does. It would have only there. 20 recipes, but this next one's going to have over 100 recipes. It's called Just Feed Me. And <laughs> I'm shooting the cover, I think, next week, and it'll be out um, next year. So you just love to cook. I love Are to you cook. Are you self taught? Uh, yeah, my mama helped me and taught me and gave me some recipes. And then every since then, I just kind of, I don't know, it's just instinctual. I come from a long line of Italian Cajun cooks and just, I don't know, it's kind of just in me. I love it. Are you a healthy cook? I do cook healthy. I, I you know, just because I'm having, you know, carbs from a pasta or I'm using ricotta cheese or something, doesn't, I mean, even though there's, there's carbs or fats, I know what I'm putting in my food. I'm not going to a restaurant all the time where I don't know what they're putting in the food or how much sodium. I, I know what's happening and... Um, I find that all, all of us are healthier for it. Do you eat like small portions? Like how do you stay so fit, honestly, and still enjoy your food? I think portion control for sure. And sometimes I do a little bit of an intermittent fasting. Like I haven't eaten today. Okay. But I'm about to have me a turkey sandwich with some barbecue chips that Hell Eric's picking yeah. up. But I just think that, you know, I try not to overeat, especially it, my body like gets kind of shut down if I overeat. It's not even because it's just a health or trying to look skinny thing or a fit thing. It's like... My, my stomach, I have a sensitive stomach, so I can't mm-hmm. overeat anyway. But I really do follow South Beach, truly. Um, that really helped me lose all the weight after the <clears throat> after Forest. Um, that was a tremendous help. And that diet kind of taught me portion control. So I think I used to overeat and not realize it. And now I can just eye food and be like, all right, I, I probably should just have one serving of that. And you can stop. Mm-hmm. Because you train your stomach to kind of shrink a little. But when you're pregnant, just go all out, I say. <laughs> just go all out. I've already gained 30 pounds. I'm well, like... you look amazing. They should have gained 55 like me. I just, I'll go crazy. <laughs> and but... you're five feet. Mm-hmm. That makes me feel better, honestly. Ooh, is it bad girl, that I, I feel like, better? I like fortunes. <laughs> is it terrible that I feel better that you gained no, 55 pounds? I'm like, okay, it. you bounce back. <laughs> I never worry about that when I'm pregnant. It's my time to eat and I'm growing a baby. And like, I, you don't need to be worried about that. You're growing a life. And then even after the baby, that also needs to not be a focus you need to like keep weight on so you can produce some good healthy milk that for me that's what so it you was. never stressed out about losing it no, right away no 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 because it's like this is about the baby this isn't about me like looking like a you know a hottie right now i've got work to do and i have my job is to nurture and nurse this baby like i do not feel i don't i feel cute but i do not feel sexy like before i got pregnant i was like I worked my sex appeal. I felt sexy and stuff. But as soon as I've been pregnant, I'm like, I just, I sexy is not the word I would use to describe myself. Well, you're not point. meant to feel sexy right now. Yeah. You're, I think you're meant to feel like nurturing and nest and prepare for this baby. You know, it's not really about that anymore. Yeah. Like we did what needed to do to be sexy. Now we're pregnant and now Does it's it come time. back? Do you bring sexy uh, back? Yeah. Because you feel, got it back. I feel sexy again. I feel, you know, but it's all in good timing and I got to a man that makes me feel sexy no matter what. But, you know, as women, you don't, it doesn't matter if they think you're sexy. If you don't feel good, it just doesn't, <laughs> you know, it doesn't work. But, you know, 
it it we it came back, you know, and it comes back in, in due time. And you know, obviously, if you're used to feeling fit, you do get a little bit of a panic and a rush after babies. It's never because oh, I want to look good again. It's just I feel my best when I'm fit and healthy. Mm-hmm. And so that would be the only time I'm ever like, oh, I really got to get to it. But it's just, you know, it's how you feel, and I feel great now. What are your thoughts on social media? Because, like, talking about pregnancy, you shared your whole journey. Like, right after postpartum, you're showing your belly. Oh, yeah. You're showing the good, the bad, the ugly. Mm-hmm. And how did you decide to be that way? Because I feel like, you know, with my followers, I feel like they depend on me to be real. And I'm not one of those social media influencers that, like, look how perfect everything is and photoshopped and edit. That's just not my jam. That's not my vibe. And there's we follow those people. There's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that's wrong, but that doesn't work for me and my followers. I like to be honest and keep it real. And, you know, 80% of my photos don't have makeup on. And I'm just, because that's not real. I'm, I don't have time to do all that. You know, I got stuff to do. And I want to be honest. And I feel like it would be a disservice to um, not show the real side of, post baby to my followers because then that makes them feel bad if they're not where they think I am. And that's, Mm -hmm. I just don't think that's fair. So I do show everyone where I'm at after every baby because it's just real. And it's like, this is how I look. This is normal. This is what's natural. You know, this is the majority of women. We have our, our bellies are expanded and you know, our bodies are just, they, we just grew a human being. So the expectation to look perfect after a baby, I just think is not fair to women at home looking at their phones because then it gives them a false, you know, idea of how things are supposed to be and then that just makes them sad. So I'd rather not do that and be like, let's just be real together and we're in this together. We're all women. Yeah. We're all mamas. What are your thoughts on social media? I think social media has given a lot of people jobs. I think social media has given brands a, a chance to have their voice in a more authentic way. I think it's... Um, I think it's a really good thing, the, but I think there's obviously negatives where people feel like they can just say whatever they want and hurt you, but again, I don't see a lot of that because I shut down. If anyone says anything not nice, I just block them. Mm-hmm. I just block them and I move on. I don't mm-hmm. get into it with them. Sometimes I write like a funny something, but... So you don't get into like Facebook or yeah. Instagram I don't have wars. a Facebook. I don't look at Facebook. The only thing I look at is Instagram. And if there's anything negative, I block them and shut it down. It's just, I don't need to see all that. I got stuff to do. I'm too busy to be seeing mean trolls who don't have much going on. How do you feel about the comparison game with it all? Do you think that that's been a thing? I don't know. I guess maybe, but I don't. But you're so real with yours. I feel like I don't really get into it that much. And I don't compare myself to anybody because I just like, I don't know. We're all unique individuals. And I think it should stay that way. We're not all the same. And um, so I don't really compare. And I think that comes from being happy and, and confident in my life that I don't I don't want to be like anybody else. I like where I'm at. I love that. Okay, so I like to wrap up every interview okay. with Leave Your Light, which you're such an inspiring human in general. But how? what do you want people to know? Like what do you want your fans to know, women to know? What do you maybe wish you could have told yourself when you were younger? What is something that you feel like you just want some inspiration that you think people should know? Um, I would say that something that I would inspire people through, is that what you're saying? Yeah, just some like dropping some wisdom that you wish, that you think people need to know to live a healthier, happier life or inspire them. 
I think if I needed to, if I could tell myself the 16 year old me in high school, anything as far as inspiration, it would be, you'll be out of here in four years. This doesn't really matter. All of this does not matter. In the grand scheme of things, this is four years and 80 years, 90 years. This just doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. Do not become so sucked in in this little crazy bubble that's happening because you'll never see the majority of these people again. And it just doesn't matter. That's what I wish I could have told myself. And as far as advice goes, I would say to really um, hone in on that individuality because that's what makes all of us so special and unique. You know, really, um, I feel like that's what inspires others because chances are if you feel unique and different, someone at home feels the same way and we should all be in this together, especially as women. All I've ever wanted was to have women around me, for women to like me because I like them, <laughs> and to to be in this together and have this sisterhood, and I finally have that. And if we all would just lift each other up, things would just be so much better. So that is my advice, just to lift each other up. We're, truthfully, when it comes down to it, we're all of the same. We're all using tampons. We're all <laughs> trying to make things work and find the good bras and find the good yoga pants and... You know, we're all just trying to, to get keep it together. And if we can all do it to, together as a team, I just think it'll be a happier place. Amazing. <laughs> Jesse, you're amazing. Jesse for president. <laughs> Thank you so Thanks, much for girl. joining me. Of course. Bye. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices... You're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.